And welcome to episode 79 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. Lamar Jackson balled out again last night. The MVP is his, but will he win two MVPs this year? And the Patriots caught in another cheating scandal, allegedly. We're going to break that all down, tell you everything you need to know about the Patriots' cheating scandal. And then Francisco Lindor, he's still out there as a trade chip. Should the Dodgers trade for Francisco Lindor? All that much more here on episode 79 of the Get More Sports podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head to YouTube and give me all your takes right over on YouTube. Been getting a lot of comments over on that YouTube channel. If you want to be a part of the GMS podcast, hit us up with some comments. We'll read it live right here on the air. But we've got a jam-packed show for you guys. Lots to get into. So let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? Let's get it on. And you know we had to start with Lamarvelous Lamar Jackson. Another MVP performance last night by the Ravens QB. Last night, 15 for 23, 212 yards, 86 yards on the ground, five total touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. He posted a quarterback rating of 134.4 on that Greg Williams Jets defense. And last night, he just looked like a man amongst boys. Last night, he looks like he's out there on his morning jog, and they aren't touching Lamar Jackson. On the season, Lamar's had 44 runs where the defense hasn't laid a finger on him. 44 times he's toted the rock, and they haven't laid a finger on the MVP. And Lamar Jackson, he is just lights out, lightning quick. Hey, what does Lamar Jackson do when he misses the bus? He just waits at the next station, okay? That's how fast this cat is. So after Thursday night's 42-21 win over the Jets, that's 33 touchdown passes on the year for Lamar Jackson. That leads the NFL, and he became the first quarterback 22 years or younger to throw for 30 touchdowns in a season. Oh, by the way, he hasn't played the fourth quarter in five games this year. Lamar Jackson, a phenomenal once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-sports season for a quarterback who passes Michael And just look at the comparisons. Michael Vick in 2006, 1,039 yards with two games to play. Lamar Jackson, 1,103. Seven rush touchdowns for Lamar Jackson, two for Michael Vick. 2,889 pass yards for Lamar Jackson, 2,474 for Michael Vick. 33 pass touchdowns for Lamar, 20 for Michael Vick. We thought that record was unbreakable for Michael Vick, and Lamar Jackson did it with two games to play. And then how about after the game? Who needs Aaron Andrews when you've got Big Trust doing the post-game interview? Man, you broke Mike Vick's rushing record, man. You're the AFC North champions for the second year in a row. How I feel, man? Tell me how I feel, El Freaky. Uh, I mean, it feel good, but you know, we, we got a lot of season left to play, and, and we got we got two more um, banners to hang up. And, so you're telling me the story unwritten? Unwritten right now. Book unfinished. Right. Congratulations, brother, on breaking Mike's Vic record and being the GOAT, the MVP that you are. Appreciate it, bro. I love you, bro. And so you got to give it up to Lamar Jackson, the best player in the NFL. Hey, let's ask Lamar. Hey, Lamar, are you the MVP this year? Hell yeah, but heck yeah. And are the Ravens going to win the Super Bowl this year? Hell yeah. 
but heck yeah. And are you going to win the Super Bowl MVP this year? Hell yeah, but heck yeah. But I thought you were supposed to be a running back or a receiver. Not bad for a running back. And look, this time next year, I want to see Lamar Jackson on every commercial on TV. Look, he is marketable, and you need to give him those commercials. And look, just look after the game. He brings in 5-10 jerseys just to give away and sign to the opposing team. You had the Jets players treating him like Michael Jackson <laughs> after the game yesterday. Everyone wants a piece of Lamar Jackson these days. Even this fan that snatched his beanie off him after the game. But hey, he got it back. Check this out. Get that shit back, bro. Get that shit back to him. Good shit, yeah. Lamar! 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 That kid was so excited to see Lamar Jackson and who wouldn't be after the season he's having. And I think it's time to change the definition of a quarterback. A quarterback isn't a guy who sits back in the pocket and just makes throws all day. It's about who gets wins and who's effective. And Lamar Jackson, he's that guy right now. He's changing the position. And don't worry, everyone doubted Lamar Jackson. You had the doubters out there. I was keeping score at home, and I've got a nice compilation. I've been sitting on this for weeks now, but listen to all the people out there that doubted Lamar Jackson. Jackson's a project. He's not Sam Darnold. He's not Josh Rosen. You watched them last night. He's not even close. Three, three years, he's kicked to the curb. He's a wide receiver. He's a bust. He can't play quarterback. Running that football, you ain't a running back. You are electrifying, you might win games and all that stuff, but when we talk about a quarterback, in terms of you being the best quarterback in football, that answer is hell no, he is not. You gotta, we've got to figure out is the football intelligence, how quickly he picks things up. Nobody makes a living in the National Football League running the football as a quarterback at 213. This is how you want to play football, and you want to take your quarterback and turn him into a running back who also happens to pass every now and then. Then, then that's great. You can't sustain it. Could we see him go? I think second round, and maybe late, because we something like Terrell Pryor when he starts out at quarterback and becomes a wideout. But initially, I think the team addressed him. Maybe second round, we'll look at him as a developmental what quarterback. What do you think? Vandal Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to be a night two guy. Don't think he's going to get into the, mm. the, the first round. Now, you hate to see it, and I hate to do it. I hate to be the old takes exposed guy, but the level of respect that was aimed towards Lamar Jackson when he was coming out of college was so severe, I think it has to be done, okay? The crow eating has just begun for all these experts out there that doubted Lamar Jackson. Now, I'm telling you, I thought he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be this good. I didn't think he'd win an MVP at age 22, and now I'm convinced that he's going to win the Super Bowl MVP. I'm telling you right now, Lamar Jackson is winning Super Bowl MVP at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Look, he's the most indefensible player in the NFL right now. You send spies on him, he'll hit you downfield. You guard downfield, he'll get it on the ground. It's going to take a year for defenses to develop a scheme to stop this guy. And I think indoors, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, we're talking field turf, no conditions. This guy is going to be unstoppable. It'll be easier to stop a Mercedes-Benz car on the field than Lamar Jackson that day. And I'm telling you, this kid is winning Super Bowl MVP. Do you like a good sequel? How about The Godfather Part 2? 
or Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Or how about The Dark Knight? Well, now we have Spy Gate 2. Spy Gate 2 starring Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. This time it involves the Cincinnati Bengals and they're claiming they were filming a documentary for their website. Well, here's Bill Belichick talking about the allegation. The football team, the football staff, and the coaching staff had nothing to do with what happened. Nothing. So we had no involvement in it. You guys had a scout in the Cleveland press box. So was he aware of the rules that you can't film from the press box? He was, he was doing his job. That's what he was doing. He was doing his job. Like we all tried to do. That's what the football team, the football staff, and the coaching staff did. Last week, just tried to do their job for Kansas City, and then Cincinnati, and then Buffalo next week. And that's it. So, I just answered a question. That's it. We had no involvement in it. Zero. Meanwhile, the NFL says it has an investigation ongoing as to whether it was an accident or were the Patriots trying to get a competitive advantage. Here's Roger Goodell on the ongoing investigation. He only had an opportunity to spend some time with a couple of our staff. Um, you know, obviously it's under review. We're going to be thorough. We're going to take our time and make sure we look at everything uh, that's pertinent here, and then we'll make a decision. And obviously. It won't be much time before we make a decision when you hear about it. Okay, so what exactly happened here? During week 14, the Patriots sent a video team from Cleveland to film a documentary on an advanced scout who was at the game watching the Browns and Bengals play with the Bengals set to play the Patriots in week 15. The online documentary was part of a do-your-job series that exists on the Patriots' website. Previously, they'd profiled the dietitian, the training staff, and the video department and the next job up for the documentarian was to apparently do the advanced scout who was visiting the Browns-Bengals game to prepare a report for Belichick on the 1-11 Bengals. The Patriots sent a third-party video contractor to Cleveland for the shoot, and they were credentialed by the Browns, but the Bengals and the NFL were not made aware by either the Patriots or the Browns or the presence of a Patriots video crew. According to a report from Diana Russini of ESPN, a Bengals staffer spotted the Patriots.com credentialed cameraman with Boston Bruins gear on and proceeded to observe what the cameraman was doing. Allegedly, the cameraman proceeded to point his camera at the Bengals coaching staff and sideline for essentially an entire quarter. At this point, the employee watching the cameraman got media relations who got security and things got a little awkward. Then Diana Russini tweeted, A source tells me a Bengals employee was watching the videographer slash cameraman who identified himself as a Robert Kraft employee. The Bengals employee kept an eye on that monitor. The shot was of the Bengals coaches and staff on the sidelines for the entire first quarter. The Bengals employee flagged media relations. Bengals security then intervened the craft videographer. This was also taped. The cameraman asked if they could just delete the footage and it'd all be forgotten per sources. And then the New England Patriots released a long-winded response to the allegations that read, For the past year, the New England Patriots content team has produced a series of behind-the-scenes features on various departments within the organization. The seven previous Do Your Job episodes are archived on Patriots.com. On Sunday, December 8th, the content team sent a three-person video crew to the Bengals-Browns game at 
First Energy Stadium in order to capture one part of a longer feature on the Patriots scouting department. In this case, a Patriots pro personnel scout while he was working in the press box. While we sought and were granted credentialed access from the Cleveland Browns for the video crew, our failure to inform the Bengals and the league was an unintended oversight. The Patriots clearly, to me, this is a big issue. Because one, what advantage do you gain? Because look, with technology as it is right now, most of the calls are sent in through the headset, but it's still illegal by league rules to videotape the sideline from a press box. They broke a rule in this incident, and then also it's the tendencies. You can pick up the tendencies, the mannerisms. This is the New England Patriots we're talking about, okay? So I wouldn't underestimate them one bit. To me, it sounds fishy, and to me, look, I just want to know, was the camera that they used the same camera that the Houston Astros used to steal signs in the World Series against <laughs> the Dodgers? But hey, what do you guys think? I personally think that there's something here. It's just the New England Patriots. I would believe anything when it came to the Patriots. I would believe that this was some master scheme because Bill Belichick, he knows everything that goes on in those doors. He knows everything that's going on with the New England Patriots. So for him to all of a sudden act like he has no idea that he's just completely aloof from what's going on, to me looks fishy. And I just think it's funny that it's Cincinnati, right? We're preparing for Cincinnati. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Now, yes, this could be a whole lot of nothing, but I want to bring something to your attention. Back in 2007, during the original investigation of Spygate, this documented the entire system of covert videotaping. Here's a little nugget from the report. It states, The videographers also were provided with excuses for what to tell NFL security if asked what they were doing. Tell them you're filming the quarterbacks or the kickers or footage for a team show. I don't know, a team show called Do Your Job? Okay, so picture this for a second. The Patriots are struggling. Gronkowski's not coming back. They didn't get Antonio Brown. And Belichick says, hey, oh, I have that ace up my sleeve. It's called that little documentary. What's it called? Do Your Job? Who are they filming this week? Oh, Bill, we're doing an episode on the cheerleaders. Nah, why don't we do this week on the advanced scouts and we'll send that camera crew to the team we're about to play. It just doesn't sound right. It smells fishy. And if it turns out they were cheating again, this really changes how I feel about the Patriots. And we're going to give you the latest with the Major League Baseball hot stove. That hot stove is cooking right now. Of course, Garrett Cole, he's headed to New York. And, of course, Anthony Rendon signed with the Angels. Now the shift focuses to Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, per Bob Nightingale, the Washington Nats are actively engaged with three agent third baseman, Josh Donaldson, knowing it will take a four-year deal to sign him. So it looks like Donaldson, he had a big comeback year last year with the Braves, could be headed to the Nationals to replace Anthony Rendon. Now, where does that leave the Los Angeles Dodgers? Now, you know the Dodgers, they were in it for Garrett Cole. And by the way, all these Dodger fans out there saying the Dodgers were so cheap, they didn't want to break the bank on someone. They offered Garrett Cole $300 million, okay? They offered Bryce Harper a lot of money last year. And according to Jorge Castillo of the Los Angeles Times, the Dodgers didn't make Anthony Rendon an offer per sources. Their sense was he didn't want to play in LA. Orange County apparently was a different story. So the Dodgers didn't make Anthony Rendon an offer? 
Say what? I know, right? The Dodgers didn't make that move. I thought that was the move for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's got that World Series experience. He's clutch at the plate. But I do also remember a time when all the Dodgers fans, Dodgers Nation, they were up in arms. They were going to riot when the Dodgers didn't offer Albert Pujols and had that work out for the Angels. So this could mean that the Dodgers are going to pivot to a Francisco Lindor trade. To me, the only way for the Dodgers to save this offseason is to trade for Francisco Lindor. If I'm a Dodger fan, I want to see Francisco walking through that Lindor. And Bob Nightingale is also reporting that the Los Angeles Dodgers and Cleveland Indians continue to be engaged in serious trade talks for Cleveland All-Star shortstop Francisco Lindor. With Cleveland seeking a package of Dodgers prospects, including Gavin Lux and Dustin May. And then Ken Rosenthal later reported that the Dodgers are unwilling to give up six years of Gavin Lux for two years of Francisco Lindor. Now, now yes, Gavin Lux, he's a great prospect. He's the top prospect in the Dodgers organization. He had a meteoric rise in the Dodgers farm system. But we're talking about Francisco Lindor. Let's take a look at Lindor's numbers. Last year, he hit 284, 32 home runs, 74 RBIs, an 854 OPS, 22 stolen bases, and he's one of three players with 2020 seasons in 2018 and 2019, okay? In the last three seasons, Francisco Lindor is one of just three players with 20-plus home runs and 40-plus doubles. He joins Mookie Betts and Anthony Rendon. Only three players in the bigs have done that. I'm talking elite here with Francisco Lindor. If you look at his numbers, 618 games, a 284, 346, 495 slash line, OPSing 841, 118 home runs, 333 RBIs, and probably the best thing about Lindor, he's averaged 155 games a year since 2016. So he's durable, he's dynamic, and I want to see him in Dodger blue. And if you're the Dodgers right now, this is how you save the offseason. You bring in a player like Francisco Lindor, a player that could sell out Dodger Stadium even more than it already is. You got the all-star game coming there. You got a 32-year drought. Now, I understand about building that sustainability. That's what Freeman has done, but everything changes when you haven't won a World Series in 32 years. Also, you want to take advantage of an ace like Walker Buehler. Well, the Dodgers have Walker Buehler at his best when Gavin Lux is an all-star player. We don't even know if he's going to be an all-star player. Now, the other decision the Dodgers can make is do they include Dustin May and Gavin Lux? So I would include both of them if you include Mike Clevenger. So Mike Clevenger, that's the rumor right now. He made 21 starts last year, and he was dominant in pretty much every single one of those starts. The, he went 13-4 with a 2.71 ERA, a 1.056 whip, and his strikeout-to-walk ratio was 12.1. So this is a guy that could be that second ace for the Dodgers. You got Bueller, you got Clevenger, Julio Urias. You got guys that can step up. Clayton Kershaw will still be in the mix. Tony Gonsolin. I want to see the Dodgers make a blockbuster move because you can't remain status quo, okay? Dodger fans, the baseball world is waiting to see this Dodgers team win a World Series, and you can't go the safe route. This team, as it's constructed right now, will not win a World Series. Madison Bumgarner, you throw him into this mix. This team does not have it to win a World Series. Look what the Yankees just did by adding Garrett Cole, okay? Dodgers make this move 
Find a way to get Lindor, and I'm telling you, the Dodgers will be back in the World Series in 2020. But before we wrap, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. Joe Burrow is set to win the Heisman Trophy for LSU, and he's older than Lamar Jackson. Who's the youngest player to ever win the Heisman Trophy? Of course it's Lamar Jackson. At 19 years, 337 days, Lamar Jackson won it back in 2016. But that is going to do it for Episode 79 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. Have a great rest of your weekend. See you guys Monday, and I'm out.